If you've got your Bible, turn to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. We're following the story now of um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, and Barnabas, who sort of says he calls them apostles. Who's an apostle as well. And this is on Paul's first missionary journey. And it carries on. They're just out preaching the gospel. I'm not quite sure. Do you know how long the first one went on for, John? The first missionary journey. It had been gone months. It took months. But this is about, time-wise, about 12 or 13 years after Jesus has rose from the dead. This is 12 or 13 years after the resurrection. For the first three years, as we've said before, I didn't even leave Jerusalem. I only witnessed in Jerusalem. And then through persecution, it's pushed them out. Paul's been saved quite some time by now. And this is his first missionary journey. They've gone out preaching the gospel in places that they've never been before. They don't know they're going to be received. But they know there's always people coming against them. There's only seven verses. Let's read it. It says, chapter 14, verse 1. Now, it happened in Iconium that uh, they went together to the synagogue of the Jews and they so spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and the Greeks, believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Therefore... They stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the multitude of the sea was divided, part sided with the Jews and part sided with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse them and stone them, they became aware of it, And they fled to Lystra and Derbe, cities in Lyconia, to the surrounding region, and they and there and they were preaching the gospel there in them places. Amen. So let's just let's pray, please. Pray for me tonight. I need your prayers. Thank you, Lord. (coughs) Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, as always, is Paul's habit. Paul lands up to a new place, a new city, and he rocks on straight to the synagogue, and he starts preaching to the Jews there, and reasoning from the scriptures, as it says all the way through Acts, that Jesus is the is the is the King, is Messiah of the Jews. And also there's believing Greeks there. Now, you could be a non-Jew and still believe in the God of the Old Testament. They're called a proselyte. In the temple in Jerusalem, they even had a court of the Gentiles, where the Gentiles used to worship and come 
and sacrifice on them things. So they, you would be accepted in, but you'd have to come under, obviously, the law, their laws and their way of carrying on, uh, only eating certain things, respecting the Sabbath, eating things that's not eat, don't eat things that's unclean, all that sort of thing. So, and as he's there, there's loads of Jews, they believe in God, and uh, there's Greeks, they believe in God. But now Paul's telling them, listen, look, you believe in God, reason from the scriptures, I'm going to prove you from the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the saviour of our people. In fact, he's the saviour of the whole world. They used the scriptures to prove who Jesus was. And I, listen, I've got a great mind for remembering scripture. And in fact, I'll get this message ready. And the next time I'm preparing a message, I'll get, I can only handle one thing at a time. I've got one gear. I'll get the, the other message in the head and I'll forget about all this. There's loads of subjects in the Bible that I've studied and known, not forgot about, but I just don't know the details to them. So we haven't got to remember loads of scripture or be things like, but what I say is, when you've read something, you know the Bible says it, someone asks me a question, say, well, this is what the Bible says. I might not be able to quote the verse in the scripture, but I could prove from what the Bible says that Jesus is the saviour of the world. Hallelujah. So they go into these places always and they reason with the Jews. Uh, and he first preached the gospel to them. Wherever he goes, he goes and finds the Jews. And he reasons from the scripture that Jesus was the Messiah, is the Messiah. And it says that there was many Jews and Greeks believed. Now straight away they're preaching the gospel and straight away they're getting a response. Straight away they're getting a response. Everywhere they go, they're preaching and they're getting a response. But yet they have the same Holy Spirit we have. They've got the same God, they've got the same gospel we have. Now, Paul was an educated man. He was a Pharisee before he got saved. He was like a top of the range. And he wasn't just any ordinary Pharisee. He was like top of the range. He was taught by the best. He was a man who was going to teach Israel in the future. He was more zealous for Jewish things than most people. But yet, here he is reasoning from the scriptures. But it says here that they so spoke. The word is here, it says, they so spoke that a great multitude, both of Jews and Greeks, believed. Paul Barnabas preached the gospel in such a way that it grabbed the people's hearts and they could not help but listen to them. Paul and Barnabas preached, they so spoke, they preached in such a way that the people had to stand and listen. It grabbed hold of people's hearts and people believed straight away. Conviction came upon them and they believed straight away. How did they preach like this? How did they preach like this? What was the difference between, <laughs> probably a lot of differences when I think about it, but what's the difference between us and Paul? And I think we have to remember something. That one, that God has to be calling a person. It's God who saved. God has to be calling a person before that person gets saved. Just because I witness to someone and they don't get saved, don't mean I'm a bad witness or a bad Christian or a bad pe- preacher or I've said something wrong. That person gets saved when God wants them to get saved. We preach to everyone at all times because we don't know when that time is. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. But the saints stood out about these men that have gone into the synagogue 
They preached in such a way, they so spoke in such a way that people have begun to believe and follow the, the teaching, what they've said straight away, Jews and Greeks. And I want to read you something in Corinthians. How did this happen? 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I can't find it, I can't find it, I'm bothered. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 4 and 5. And it says, this is Paul writing a letter to the Corinthians, and he says, look, when I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words or of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Paul said, when I come and preach the gospel to you, you could see I was just a weak man. You could see I was in weakness, I was in fear. You took me in and I preached the gospel to you. And the gospel wasn't because I used clever words or persuasive words that I forced you, the power of persuasion. It wasn't a con or something like that. He said, you see the power of the Holy Spirit in me. That I preach by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is the thing, brothers and sisters. When we preach the gospel, we are giving the message of eternal life. Hallelujah. The message of eternal life. And yes, it helps if you're bold. And yes, you need to know scripture. But you can be the boldest person in the world. And you can know all the Bible. But if you ain't got the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, but you're prayed up before you go, and God's opening doors, and you're preaching to people, and they're receiving Jesus Christ, it won't make a blind bit of difference. It don't matter what clever words we use, and listen, how many times, I've seen it a million times, I've seen churches, I've seen men, men preach. I had a man say to me once, I remember years ago, me and my dad used to serve a man in a church, um, a black fella, and he was a pastor of a church, I didn't know what a pastor was, Right? And he never witnessed to me once. And I used to tell him the carpet was chawdy and he'd buy it every time. Is it cheap? That's all he used to say. Yes, I'll have a deal with you. And he was like, you know what I mean? And years later I got saved and I thought, kept the driving past this church, so and so, and come in and he thought, I'm going to go in and tell this man. Do you know what I mean? So I remember going in there and talking to him. I said, you remember me? He was coming, yeah, you ain't been in for a long time. I said, I'm a Christian now, I'm saved. He went, how did you get saved? The Alpha Course. The Alpha course is a course you take, and by the end of it, you're supposed to be saved, right? You can't take courses to get saved. You get saved by hearing the gospel and believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. By repenting of your sin and accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. And I said, no, I never got saved by the Alpha course. I said, Jesus saved me when I asked him into my life. It couldn't be no more simple, brothers. It couldn't be no more frightening, taken from me, I sometimes I'm as bold as they come, but I'm trash to tell my own family about the Lord sometimes. I know it's hard. But I've got to go on my own strength. Because it's not whether I'm clever enough to twist them and turn them, that don't make the difference. It's not persuasive words or my power or my will, it's by the power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Lord, come fill me and open a door here that whether I go to a man and he's 70 foot tall or he's 3 foot tall, whether they look like smacking me in the mouth or the happiest people in the world, whatever comes or goes, Lord, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
We think that before we can share the gospel, we have to know the Bible, we have to have clever illustrations and worldly wisdom. But Paul never won people with his fleshly wisdom or his clever words. He preached by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to have if we want to win souls. So the question is, if I'm witnessing, and listen, I, I want to learn more about the Bible. I want to have an answer when people ask me questions. But when I go witnessing, I don't say, Lord, let me have the words today. Don't let me be clever. Let me have the cleverness today. Say, Lord, you fill me with your spirit today. That you may speak, Lord. Amen? Amen. Paul said in Romans 1.16, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, he said. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jews first and also for the Greeks. Not to be ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed to witness to people. I'm not ashamed to let people know I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed of what Jesus Christ has done for me and what he can do for somebody else. Because the Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Now you don't have to be like me. There's many methods and ways of speaking to people. But there's only one gospel message. Amen? There's only one gospel message. And I'll tell you this now. There's something supernatural about the gospel message. The life, death and resurrection of the Lord. What Jesus Christ has done for us. It says here that they preached the word of grace to the Gentiles. Grace is undeserved favour. They went and preached and said, listen. You're pagans. You're on your way to hell. You don't deserve God. But my God will accept you anyway because he sent the Saviour to die for you. He'll be gracious to you. Come and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. They went about and preached. They had wisdom, but they had the power of God. They trusted in the power of the Lord. They wasn't ashamed of it. Let me tell you something. Remember this. If I trust in myself, no one will ever get saved. If it depends upon me, no one will ever get saved. Because I might be able to fool some people some of the time. No. What's the saying? You can fool some people all of the time, and all of the people some of the time. You can't fool everyone all of the time. Sooner or later, someone will see me and go, Dick Joseph, I'll, be doing, I'll make a mistake. I'll do something wrong. I'll make mistakes every day. But believe in the message. That's based upon us. It's based upon the message. The gospel message is supernatural. And when it's preached, lives are changed. People stand on the street corners and go on sites and grounds and preach in big stadiums. They preach the gospel. And people fall to their knees in their heart. People surrender the Lord. Because it's not in us. The power of salvation is in the gospel message. It brings people to Jesus Christ. There is methods, different methods. Everyone's different. But there's only one gospel message. The message of the life, death and resurrection of the Lord. It says, but the unbelieving Jews, in verse 2, stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. There was people there who didn't believe. They didn't want to know. They didn't want to know. There was a time I didn't want to know. There was a time you didn't want to know. I'll leave me alone. Leave off about all that Jesus chat. You're ruining the night. You're ruining me day. There's times we didn't want to know. To some people, the gospel is the, the breath of life. To others, it's the kiss of death. 
And it said those who never believed in the message, they who never received it, it says they poisoned the minds of the rest of the people. That word there means embittered their souls, made them evil. If you say Corsim, well, I, I, I feel evil today. I'm as evil as a joke today. I'm a, like, to the point of violence. That's what they've done. They stirred the people up and whispered and stirred up so much, it made them feel evil against the believers. They embittered their minds. You know, people are still doing that today. Do you know, let me tell you something. You being a Christian, if you're living for the Lord, you being a Christian is one of the biggest talking points of your family, your unsafe family, when you ain't there. Telling you, you are one of the biggest talking points of your unsafe family. You're, you're, you're the biggest dinlow in the world. He's a dinlow, he is, right? He was, all, he was all right till he became one of them Christians. He was all right. I see him one week, and he was on about going to the pub. Next week, he was telling me about Jesus. He's a proper crank. People who ain't saved, they try and reason it out. They look at people and they see the change in their life. They see the power of God in places like this. And they can't admit that God is real and that God has done a work. So they have to make up some other reason. They're din lows, uh, or they're wicked people, and because they've been wicked, they need God. Or I had a man say, let's be fair. <laughs> let's be fair, you see. Let's be fair. You went, see, so and so become a Christian, and he went, yeah. You went, that poor old chap, he never went nowhere anyway. He went, never had a friend in the world who's done him a favour. I see him in the Chinese or the Christians the other night. They'll embitter the, they'll embitter the souls of the people. They'll poison the minds of people. But let's be fair, I suppose there was a time I used to do that. You used to do that. The best one I've ever heard, this is the best one I've ever heard, right? This was a lark. This, this was so funny you couldn't take it seriously. But this is what people think. I've just got saved. I'm with another Christian fellow. I'm running young. And we've gone somewhere, and there's a heap of travelling fellas, fellas holding us. And he went, me and the boy went out. He went. You heard what they've been doing up that church, netting all that up that church at Dartford. Have you heard? But this fella knows we're Christians. So the boy went to me, no. He said, I know. Go on, tell us. He went, no, that nitty friend. Right, this is the truth. He went, you know that nitty friend? He said, he stood up on that big stage. Dartford had a big wooden pulpit with stairs on it at the time. He said, he stood on that big wooden stage at the front of the church. And all the people's on their hands and knees worshipping him. Why is he eating a bacon roll? Why is he eating a bacon roll though? Anyway, the boy went to me and I He said, I'm telling you, that's the truth, he said. That's the truth. That's that when my cousin was in there last night. They was the- How many things you heard? Hundreds. Thank God. <coughs> Majority of them ain't true. <laughs> well, 50% of them ain't true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the biggest shame is this. Listen, this is the biggest shame. When people say things about Christians, and it's true. These men was a testimony. They so spoke that the power of the Holy Spirit in the life 
And the people could see, could see they meant what they said. They meant what they said. When we preach the gospel, these are starting to get persecution now. People are going around, don't listen to them, give you Christians. They've done this, they've done that. Look at them, they worship a different God than us. They've started to embitter the people and bitter the hearts of the people. The people say, say they're starting to get even to the point of violence. When we preach the gospel, persecution will come. There will always be poison in the minds of uh, people who poison the minds of the other people around us. But we don't even have to worry about that. Because if I trust in what the Bible says, the power is in the gospel message. Don't make no mistake. If you're living like the devil and preaching Jesus Christ, you ain't going to win one soul. All you're doing is hindering yourself. But you're not going to hinder the work because other, other people out there preaching and winning souls. All you're going to do is lose rewards yourself. Cause a bad testimony. Don't get wrong, we have to have a testimony go with what we're preaching, like these men did. But I don't have to be some special holy person to tell someone that Jesus Christ died for them. That he loves them. That he shed his precious blood for them. He rose again. Hallelujah. There's power in the gospel message. Persecution come. They would speak evil of the believers, it said. And how did the church deal with it? Verse 3. Therefore, they stayed there a long time, speaking boldly in the Lord who was bearing witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done. And I felt like this myself. I've said this sometimes myself. Maybe you've witnessed to someone and it's sort of gone the wrong way. That's happened to me many times. And it's gone the wrong way. And... Someone might threaten you, get upset with you. Or you've lost a friend over it. Or you've upset someone. And they ask the workful questions, say about my mum and dad, now about my granny and my grandfather and my cousin and my uncle and all that. And, that, and this is what I say to people. It's all I say. And I don't know if this is right or wrong. So I say, it's not my place to judge the people who's gone before the Lord before us. Because they're in the hands of the Lord now. That's judgments down the Lord. But are you going to go with them? That's what I say to them. Forget about they're gone. How about here and there? Are you going to make it? We're never going to have all the answers. And there's always going to be people who persecute and say things and do things and people who get upset with you. But it says here that they stayed there for a long time. They never thought, she's too hard here, Chavi. Let's gel. And listen, I'm telling you the truth. I don't think me, Charles and Johnny would be here today if we thought like that. Because, and you know, it's hard to be a Christian, isn't it? It's hard to be, I'm not making myself out to be anything that anyone else ain't. But it's times I know that this church has gone down to me and Vicky and the children, Charles and Sidney and the children, and four other people. We used to be at Charles Sutton years ago. Things happened and it went down to four people. And that happened regularly on a Sunday. Three or four people turned up. Things go on. Things happen. You get attacked. Things change. I remember the first time I ever witnessed Eliza. I couldn't see her because she was in behind the door of a woman's chalet. But I could hear someone going, <laughs> laughing. Laughing. 
You will get people laugh at you. You will get people attack you. You will get people go, ah, oh, and then you stood there in a minute and just walk off and leave you. But we've got to expect that. The apostles and the believers that was there at that time, because very quickly it said there was brethren there, very quickly it seems the church died straight away. They started the church straight away. And there was heavy persecution. But they stayed there for a long time. And it says they continue to preach the, preach the grace of the word boldly to the unbelievers. Sometimes you've got to put your foot on the gas and kick down another gear. You've got to press in and hold on. Because we ain't going nowhere, are we? And we're here to tell people about Jesus Christ. Because listen, this is lovely. Be lovely, we'll have our own building, we'll all come to church, we'll have a cup of tea, we'll all have fellowship. But really what we're doing here, what God has called us to do, is to share our faith. And we don't have to jump on a boat like Paul and go across uh, to another country to do it. That's what he was called to do. And we've got men in our mission who do that. But I got saved because someone told me about Jesus Christ. I got saved because someone loved me enough to tell me about Jesus Christ and pray for me. You got saved because someone prayed for you and told you about Jesus. And you might have heard about him for 20 years, or you might have heard him about him once, and you give your life to the Lord. But you're here today because someone told you that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and you need him in your life. There is power in the gospel. Share your faith. I need to share my faith. You need to share your faith. Preach about the grace of the Lord. That undeserved favour, that thing that he done for us that no one else could do. We couldn't even do for ourselves. He did it. I'm saved today, not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. Hallelujah. They preached boldly. And it says that the Lord bared witness to the message. They preached boldly. And the Lord bared witness to them with giving, allowing them to perform signs and wonders. But signs and wonders. There will always be signs and wonders accompanying the gospel, especially in new works. Whenever there's a brand new work going on somewhere amongst a brand new people, at the beginning there's always loads of signs and wonders. I remember the men saying years ago, when they used to have the meetings, they used to have one pole up in the convention tent, about 50 people, that was the convention, 30 years ago. And I remember Toffee Lee saying to me, after the message was preached, we didn't know nothing, it was only simple. He said, we don't know nothing now, we didn't know nothing then. He said, we used to, Ben used to preach the gospel, sing a few songs, and we used to run down the front to get to the stage to watch the people being prayed for, to see the, the healings, like that, all the time. I've seen people get healed. I've seen it. I've seen miracles. I see a woman last year at Jordan Lee's, I stood on top of her. She was demon possessed. She got delivered of an evil spirit. It come out of her. I'd unsaved people say to me afterwards, was that woman demon possessed? Unsaved people. When Jesus healed people who was demon possessed, who was crippled or sick or lame or anything like that, they was always healed by the prayer of faith. It was always by faith. The healing. And it was a sign to accompany the gospel. To make the message that they were saying to be right, to be true. And if you've got a testimony and God has done miracles in your life, share it with people who are lost. Tell them what the Lord has done for you and then tell them about Jesus. Let you, the gospel that you preach be accompanied by the miracles. Oh, listen, I've seen one of the greatest miracles I've seen 
last year and even now is Steve and Liza. Liza's family, Steve's family. These children have got cancer. Had treatment for cancer. And I've seen how the Lord's held them together. It's been hard. But I've seen how the Lord's held them together. And they're a blessing, a testimony of faith to this church. Hallelujah. That's a miracle. Cancer don't clear up that quick, does it? Isn't it funny how people can be ill, but God still does a miracle in that situation? They're things I, I, I won't forget about. We can't forget about. When, I first, when we first started Acts, how long ago did we start Acts? About a year ago, we started Acts. I remember thinking, and we asked the question, why don't we see the things happening now like happening in Acts? Tear truth, we've seen it. Yeah. The gospel's going out. People are getting saved. Miracles are being done. People are getting delivered of evil spirits. What do we, what do we want? Well, Paul Barnabas to turn up and take us out witnessing. <laughs> we are part of, we are still part of Acts today. The church, this still carries on today through us. There's nothing special about us, but we're preaching the word. We're following Jesus Christ. These things accompany, there will be miracles that accompany the messages. But sometimes we want to see someone raised from the dead before we say the little things can be miracles as well. But I know God has done things in my life and in your life that are miracles. That are miracles. Because we wouldn't be here today otherwise. Now, obviously, the persecution wasn't nice. But they didn't allow it to intimidate them. Brothers and sisters, we ain't got to get even in ourselves. We ain't got to get upset with people when they persecute you. We ain't got to get wild with people when we ain't got the answers because we ain't going to know everything. We ain't got all the answers. And, and it's not nice when people get upset with you. But when the persecution comes, you're a Christian. And when you're living right, when you're living for Jesus Christ, someone will pick you out of the group. When you're living right, someone will pick you out of the group. Someone will have a snidey remark or a little comment or something will happen. It'll happen sooner or later. It'll happen there. It'll happen sooner or later. But they didn't allow it to intimidate them. I've heard people say, oh, you can't go witnessing to that one because he'll get upset with you. Let someone get upset with you. Let someone get upset with you. Oh, you can't go over there because they're too rough. They're rough people. I'm not the bravest person in the world. But let's be fair, who's going to hit a Christian for... Ain't no feather in someone's cap by smacking me in the mouth. All they've done is hit an old Christian boy who ain't going to hit him back. No feather in someone's cap. Someone will look at me and go, what's the point of it in? We had a mission once and the gathers come to the field. They found out we was having a mission. And we had three or four on the troll. And they turned up down Five Oak Green. They said, where's this field at we have in this mission? We wouldn't tell them. Because all they're going to do is go and put a crab on it. Right? And one of the gavers went, all right, okay, you're not going to let us come. Because they said, oh, we're helping you with the traffic and all that. load of rubbish. They just want to put the bounce on the farm and put the crab in. That's all the gavers want to do. Right? So this the, fellow, the gaver said this to me from out of Maidstown. Right? He said, when you have them, we've noticed that they're a bit rowdy. 
So I said, oh, oh yeah, right. He said, do you have to invite all the wild ones? Can't you just invite the quiet ones? And it'll be all like, I said, they're the people who Jesus wants. I said, they're the people who Jesus wants. Jesus has sent us to our own. I said, and as wild as they are, they're the ones we're going to tell about. Another fella spinning the field up, he's the one we want to tell about Jesus Christ. Jesus come for the doctor, for the barrister, for the judge, for the policeman, for the murderer, for the lawyer, for the robber, the thief. Everybody, everybody's welcome to come to Jesus Christ. And we have to tell everybody. Every week it seems that we're preaching about the gospel and preaching about the gospel. This is what we're in, we're in the book of Acts. They're preaching the gospel. This is the start of the church. And it stirred me up to want to share my faith more. To want to press out that bit more. Because it showed me it ain't got to be by my own power. It's by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Lord. It ain't got to be by my own cleverness. God will give me the words. I've got the, I've got the message to eternal life, the Bible says. We've already got it. The gospel. When we preach the gospel, we'll come up against opposition. But Jesus, God was with them. He said, God bore witness to the message. God was with them. God was being a testimony. God was allowing them to do miracles. It's God who's doing the miracles through their men. We've got to realise that when we go out, and in a minute we're going to have an outreach, and God willing this year we're going to have a mission, we've got to realise when we go out, God is with us when you testify to someone up Maidstone or down the town or in a garage or God is with you. And that gives me faith. That increases my faith. That comforts me. That encourages me. To know it ain't going to be on me on my own strength. But the Lord is with me, hallelujah. And I'm going to finish, it says, but the multitudes of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews, part sided with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made, by both Gentiles and Jews, with the rulers to abuse and stone them, so they wanted to get hold of them and mistreat them, beat them, treat them like criminals, lock them up, then take them out after they've done that and stone them and kill them for preaching the gospel. And it says they became aware of it and they fled the Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, to the surrounding region, and they were preaching the gospel. And you might think to yourself, well, they stuck in for as long as they could. They stuck in for as long as they could. But when the going got too tough, they jailed. It's not like that. Every single one of these men died at the hands of being preaching the gospel. These men wasn't afraid of death. Not at this point or any other point in their life. They was apostles of the Lord. And they'd have laid their life down anywhere. And they did. Paul goes to Rome later on and gets beheaded. Gets his head cut clean off. And he could have got out of it. But he said, no, I want to see, I want to go before Caesar. And he'd done it and he preached to Caesar. And he got his head took clean off over it. These men wasn't trash. They'd have laid their life down at any point. But what they realised was this. God called them out of that place because they were going to get killed. They were going to get attacked and killed. But God called them out of that place because he wasn't finished with them. When God was finished with the apostles, their life was given up. They were martyred and killed. They went out to be with the Lord. 
but he wasn't finished with them at this point. There's a lot more work to do. And they're not trash, because you see, they go away to this place called Lystron Derby, about 30 miles away, preach there, and on the way back, they go back into Arconium. They're not trash cackers, stay away from there. They go straight back in again. They just slip away so they don't get murdered in the street. They was willing to lay their life down for the sake of the things of the Lord. And let me tell you something. People give their lives... We all give our lives up for something. We're all spending our strength, your youth, your money, your, your brain, your work, everything... We spend, we're all wasting or spending our lives on something. And they're worthy things. If a man goes out and works hard and puts food on the table, let me tell you something, he's doing a good thing. He ain't wasting nothing. If someone works hard for their wife and their children, he ain't wasting nothing. If someone loves their family and works hard for their brothers and sisters and mother and father and aunts and uncles, they're not wasting nothing. That's a good thing. But it's not a waste to any Christian. Who gives up his life for the sake of the gospel. You haven't wasted nothing. You've only gained. Hallelujah. Let's leave this place. And let us know that God is with us. That the power has been given us. That, that anointing is there if we ask. To preach boldly in the Lord. And we have the words of eternal life. We just have to go out and tell them. Amen. The message is simple. Just go out and tell them. Hallelujah.